Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art. I like to paint monsters. And you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Czar. We are, we are recording. <laughs> hi. Yes, we are. Hi. Uh, hi. What's up? Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, how, how, how are you doing? What a terrible way to start off the first episode of the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Just holy crap. You want to start over? Okay. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, Happy Chad, New Year. Happy New Year. It's 2018. Everything's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs sardonically. <laughs> I would love that, and and I'm and I'm aiming for that. So you know, I, um, my, my sarcastic laugh actually has nothing to do with my intent. It has more to do with my uh, dismay. <laughs> Sometimes my dismay and my intent are in battle with one another. Yeah, yeah, I am, and that I'm, that actually fits with what we're going to talk about today. Interestingly, that's true. And um, I'm I'm shooting for a a big 2018 myself, and and um, even that fits in with what we're going to talk about today does you know does today and this is a good episode to have as the first episode for a brand new year yeah i thought so everyone's like what the hell are you gonna talk about why are you guys what are you doing well it is we're gonna talk about the topic today is (laughs) they're like we saw the title guys (laughs) yeah never mind (laughs) we're gonna talk about magic yes magic and not the kind that you do in a parlor for people to get laughs and, and surprise people. Uh, although I suppose you could do it that way too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you as, know, as people like to say magic with a K. Right. And, um, I, I, I grew up calling it creative visualization, which is like the new wave, the new wave, the new age version <laughs> of magic really. Cause if you look at all the new age stuff and if anyone, any of you are familiar with that, like the secret and, and all that stuff, kind of like, the Oprah crowd kind of magic stuff, which is what I was taught really by my mother when I was growing up. That stuff is all of that stuff is based on, you know, ceremonial magic, different disciplines of magic and Zen philosophy. It's kind of a mishmash of that stuff. Totally. Absolutely. But it all, it all really disciplinary. Yeah. It's all, you know, if it's, it's about, uh, you know, ultimately focusing your, your intent and your will into manifesting, things in your reality and that's magic basically right you know right which yeah is- in a nutshell for sure i mean and i think that you know there's a lot of a lot of rhetoric there's a lot of words that people can get tied up in you know chet says will and intent i use those words a lot too but you could even just say your focus you know mm-hmm. i mean because there's you know what you focus on you know as opposed to what you what you're forcing on as it were right. <laughs> you know because but it, but it doesn't really matter because it's all the same thing and that's kind of what we want to discuss today is our own personal practices how how i engage with this notion of magic and kind of the lineage for me of where that comes from and similarly for Chet, you know, where that started and how it's evolved for him throughout his life and things he's tried and things that have worked and haven't and and also maybe some deeper philosophical questions about, you know, the nature of magic and and how that how we're able to interface with that within the structure of our beliefs that, that are pre existing as well. Yes. I agree. Word. <laughs> well, 
Well, you should start. I think that, you know, people are going to be most interested in your process. If they've seen the documentary that I made about you, Chet Czar, I like to paint monsters, then they probably have some idea of what it is that you do with this creative visual visualization, because we talked about that in the documentary slightly, but I, yeah, I, I think yeah. you should go into that and kind of give people a, a rundown of where that all came from for you and, and how that all worked out and, and how you utilize it still. Okay. Well, <clears throat> so my mo my mother was always into weird, supernatural, paranormal, uh, hypnosis, um, visualization just kind of like i don't know what you'd call all that stuff what is that stuff paranormal type stuff yeah yeah i mean i guess gotta be a better word for it than that but you know that sort of thing ghosts and shit like that yeah i think paranormal fits it was like our it was just kind of in the family it was just kind of how our family was at least on my mom's side not really on my dad's side um and she taught me from an early age, probably nine years old, how to do this thing called creative visualization. And um, uh, and, and, and a funny little note in the documentary, I, I hate how I pronounce, I go visualization. <laughs> I think it always annoys me when I see that, when I hear that. Didn't we, we even do like audio pickups to try to like clean it up even yeah, uh, because we did, because you didn't like how it sounded <laughs> probably because <laughs> we would do that. Like we would, we'd be, you know, you'd be watching a daily or something and be like, I just hate how I say that. And then when we did all of those audio pickups in 2014 here at the warehouse out here in New Mexico, right. we remember we did a bunch of pickups. We were like yeah. trying to fix a bunch of the things that you just hated how it sounded. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Anyway, it's great that you'll admit that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard just to, to, deal with that on seeing hearing yourself on screen oh my god anyway um so uh she taught me how to do it which is basically was she taught me to quiet your mind um and focus on what what you want what your desire is and it, it will manifest physically and um the story in the documentary that we tell is that she asked me to visualize on my dad selling a painting because we needed money and then we sold a painting pretty pretty soon after that and so then she go let me go buy whatever i wanted at the mall and i bought that metal blimp sculpture that i yeah, still and have. if you want to and if you want to hear that whole story and you haven't seen the documentary you should because i even shot a bunch of b-roll of the sculpture and it still works and yeah. it's super super cool i got up all close on it yeah and gave i can't a believe that detailed thing, view the thing still works the lights all work it's so cool and so covered in dust it's so perfect like <laughs> yeah. everything in your 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 little your little studio area like creepy dusty just like i love that though Cobwebs. like to me that's yeah I, but i like that like i'm not one of those people that if i if i was left to my druthers i'd probably let dust gather on things because i like it you know but yeah. i have to live with people who don't care to have dust on everything <laughs> yeah it's more like i don't mind it you know it's it, it doesn't bother me enough to clean it basically but um but I do like it. I like cobwebs. I, I, I kind of grow cobwebs as a little hobby in my studios. But um, <laughs> so anyway, and that was really the first experience of me doing visualization techniques to, to get something and then seeing a result. And, and didn't you say that your mom like thought you were good at it and that's why she kind of tasked, tasked yeah, you with that specific errand? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think so. I think she thought I had a knack for it. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but... Um, she thought I was, I had the power. I got the power. 
Which of course makes me think of that documentary that I was just watching. Which I have the power. (laughs) He man. He man. Yeah, the he man. Because Chet turned me on to this totally off subject. It's ridiculous, but Chet turned me on to a great documentary show right now that's called The Toys That Made Us. If you get a chance, watch it. Anyhow, it's really good. Very good. Chet had the power, and his mom saw it, and so she put him to work. Yes. So, as I went through my life. I would do it from time to time and get things when I needed them. And usually it was uh, money for supplies for my makeup. I was doing makeup as a hobby. So like when I was 12 years old or 13 or 14 around there, I would visualize on getting some money and it, and it did. And it really seemed like it would come even sometimes even within a couple of days out of nowhere, really weird, like $200 I'd get out of nowhere. And we were kind of poor growing up, you know? So, uh, it always seemed to work. So I just kept doing it throughout my life and, um, you know, went kind of in and out of it. Sometimes I would do it for, it was a regular part of my life for a few years. Then I would kind of blow it off for a few years and question it. And which is something we should talk about later. I think, um, the episode is the kind of conflict or the questions I have about it as well. There's definitely, I have definitely have kind of a conflict with it within myself, but, um, yeah, I would do it throughout my life, and it always seemed to work. Um, the only time it really didn't work for me is my success in a band, which mm. is which is weird because I I I've meditated on that pretty hard for it to happen, and it didn't. But uh, that brings up you know other questions. If you're are you you know is your higher self serving you by not giving you the things that you don't need because you know i'm so glad i didn't make it as a musician and that was my career at this right. point because right now i'd be hurting because musicians are are hurting and um but you know who knows i could have turned it into something else but i've turned it into visual art maybe faster who knows but i did i i've i really focused hard on that when i started my art career that's the last time big time i really did it <clears throat> I mean, I did it for the Kickstarters to make money too, and and to to make a certain amount of money, and it and it uh, worked. Seems like um, I, it, you know, I did that. I did a combination of divination plus visualization stuff. So, you know, I would consult with the I Ching because I'm an I Ching guy. And um, he didn't say itching. <laughs> he Ching. said E as in I dash C H I N G. It's like the Chinese version of the tarot. But mm-hmm. but way easier to do, I think. Um, so uh, that seems to be a good technique. I think is is you know you if you want something, go to a, a, a kind of a divination device and say, what will happen if I visualize to manifest this thing, or you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and then see what that tells you, and if it's kind of says no it's going to be terrible or if it says yes go for it then you can maybe move on and and do your visualization thing mm-hmm. um i've also been uh let me think i you know i've been i uh <laughs> no, i'm just saying there's a lot of different ways to go with this a lot of different things i want to talk about so i guess that's my experience lately i what i've been doing is this um middle pillar exercise that I learned from uh, Damien, which is an old 
uh, golden dawn ceremonial magic thing. And it was funny when I first tried, heard of, I, I listened to that podcast he did on on that Crimson Lotus podcast. It's I, Damien Eccles. Yeah, he's talking about. yeah. And I knew the uh, basic basic concept, but I did when, once I was hearing it, I was like, "This is exactly the shit that my mom taught me." Right. It's, it's right. just different. It's slightly different but it's basically so simple and so easy it was really easy for me to do because i was raised doing it in order right. to do this visualization stuff and she taught me how to meditate it's just funny how all that stuff is so so similar it really is based on all the same thing. well and that's kind of yeah that's kind of what's fascinating too to, to whatever degree because you know okay yeah now we live in a world where we can you know talk to people in other countries timelessly, you know, but I mean, it wasn't that long ago where people in other countries had no knowledge of anybody in other countries, <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Yeah. They certainly didn't know what their, you know, I mean, yeah, they might've discovered over time what their religious practices were. But the interesting thing is that if you look kind of time immemorial across multiple cultures in, in a lot of different continents, everyone is practicing these same techniques. Inevitably, they're using different, you know, uh, stories to tell them and they're using different, you know, techniques to achieve the ultimate goal whether that's visualization or meditation or divination, you know, any of these things. Mm -hmm. But they're all engaging in the same ritualized behavior one way or another, even if there's, you know, differences and perm yeah. permutations to that, that behavior. And so it validates itself because you're saying these people didn't know, you know, people in Siberia that were lapis didn't know what the Mayans were doing. And yet, right. you know, you can't deny the similarities between what they were engaged in. So it's like this universal knowledge to whatever degree. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, if, if not, Nothing else that shows that there is a innate desire or need for this sort of thing in humans, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, if people don't do things that don't get results. I mean, let's be, you right. know, it, you, if, if, it's, if it's worked for that long for that many different cultures, you know what I mean? That it must have get, been getting them results, you right, know? Right, there must be something to it, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, but what, but the, 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 you know, I was talking to Damien about chaos magic, and he was saying... Um, you know, that's one of the dangers of chaos magic is that he could, because he's very much into ceremonial magic. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we should talk about chaos magic. Maybe after you do your stuff too, we can kind of sure. get more into different techniques once you say your, your techniques. But um, um, he was saying the reason a lot of people uh, have get, get into trouble with chaos magic is because they're not purifying themselves before they start. And so the middle pillar is all about you know, clearing yourself out of any negative energy before you're focusing your energy for your, your magic work. So mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're, if you're not purified before you start, you could be, you know, it could not work out well for you. Like some people we know that didn't work out well for. Sure. But I mean, and I think a big part of that too, is just that, you know, if you are not, if you're not addressing the things that are going on within within you, you know, then inevitably they're going to come out in aberrant ways and they're going to taint your visualization. So if you're focusing on, you know, I really want said th this specific thing to happen, like Chet talked about with music. I really want this music thing to happen. You know, that's great. But, you maybe know, maybe the it, whole music maybe thing was misguided. It, <laughs> you exactly. Know I mean? Exactly. And so if it's tainted by these impurities, you want to call them or, or negative energy or whatever, you know, terminology, again, whatever language we doll it up with. The truth is, is that there, there is an important aspect to that because, you know, when you're, when you're manifesting things, 
you may get the what, but you the how that you get it may be a totally different way than mm-hmm. than what you might have expected. And it, it, the more in, you know, the more clear you are when you go into manifestation. From my observations, anyway, the clearer the how ends up being as well, because you're more intentional in the how as well as the what. It's easy when you're kind of bogged down by negative energy to just be like, I want this thing, right. but you're not thinking about, well, I'm going to intend that it happens in this specific manner, you know, because the way in which it happens is paramount right Right. well that's that's part of the whole um magic thing is that you know um you you leave you leave it to god or the universe or whatever as to how it's going to get there all you care about is the result how it gets there is you know the the universe will call it is is the one that can that's the that's the one that's going to deal with how to get you the thing that you want you know, sure. and, and so it, it, you focus on the thing and you let the magic do its work and make it manifest. However, you know, it's going to do it the, the best, better than y- you know how maybe. Well, that's my, I mean, that's my modus operandi, but I think again, that doesn't, that's not how everybody operates within that, that realm. You know what I mean? Some people do operate, I would say even uh, incrementally. So the, what is like, a couple days out and the next what is a couple days out after that. And then, you know, to the point that they get to the eventual what, but they've been working the how all the way, you know, and I don't, that's not my MO. I mean, I'm like you, you know, my, I like the mystery and the magic of it. And I think that there are things that I'm going to encounter and have to learn in my lifetime that are beyond my ability to even recognize consciously. So I need the universe to point me in the right direction. You know what I mean? But there are other people that take a more, you know, focused, uh, uh, incremental approach where they're, like I need this to get this to get this to get this to get this right. and they're focusing on each of those stages and and so they do have maybe a little bit more uh, of the force in the how perhaps right. or maybe they don't and, and again that's that that's the philosophical question you know how much do you meddle how much is control and how much is surrender and how do you balance that yeah it's about it's all about equilibrium yeah uh, well, we should go into your technique but before we do let me just uh, say I'll give a clear image of how how i do my magic and then we'll, yeah, do we'll move on to your yours so the way i do it it's kind of uh I, I read this book the the big one for me was this book called creative visualization by shakti gawain which is a uh, really obnoxious uh, new age kind of name but it, it's a really good book and then um yeah so the idea is first you you before you do anything you give you really think about all the great things you have. You give gratitude about everything that you have at the moment and really kind of get in that place of thinking about, Oh man, my life is so good. Even no matter, even if it's shitty, it's like, I have so many good things. I'm alive. And you know, at the very least you can say I'm alive, you know, <laughs> at the very bottom, I've got this life to where I can do something. So you, 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 you're not focusing on how you're not com- hitting it from the angle of, Oh, my life sucks. And, uh, it's terrible and blah, blah, blah. It's more like you take time, give gratitude and appreciation for what you have. Then you clear your mind through meditation, through the middle pillar ritual, or, um, you know, any, there's anything that is going to purify you, um, which is really another, another visualization technique of, of, you know, imagining like a golden, orb of light around you protecting you or you imagine um like the middle pillar thing is you imagine these balls of light with different colors going through your body and there's definitely all these 
different techniques. Even one weird one. I remember my mom gave me a tape of this guy that he, it was, imagine your body is made of glass and this orange liquid fills your whole body up to the bottom of your feet, to your head. And then as the liquid is filling up, you're feeling it going up through your body. And then when it's all full, then the liquid, you let the liquid go out like through your feet or something. And with it, it takes any kind of negative energy. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's, it's all about getting rid of your negative energy and, and making yourself, purifying yourself spiritually, basically. Now, once you do that, then you take for the actual visual, visualization or the spell or whatever you want to call it. Um, and this is how I've done it and not definitely not the only way that's for sure. But, um, you have the, uh, idea in your mind, the, the vision, and, and you basically daydream about what you want. Like you can use mantras. You can say, I want this, you know, I want to, I want peace and happiness in my life. I want peace and happiness, whatever your goal is. I want a hundred thousand dollars. I want a hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is. And, um, uh, you can you can do the mantra, repeat the mantra in your mind while you're meditating. But I think the the the, the big powerful one is having a, a vision in your mind of it, a clear picture of how you want things to be. You mm-hmm. know, so you imagine yourself in that state that you want to be in, and you you imagine what it's like. It's basically like daydreaming when you're a kid. Like, oh man, I wish I could be in the film business doing makeup effects, and you think about working in the shop, and the, you know, it's it's that's it, and you um spend time thinking about that daydream about that. Um, there's, you know, a lot of more to it. Potentially you could do all kinds of other things. I mean, I felt I've got this thing where I feel like I could, I can push energy through my hands. It's this weird thing that it's, it's really hard to describe. Like, like I'll do it right now. I just did it. <laughs> it's a weird thing. It feels like something like in the, in my, like, <clears throat> kind of asshole area sort of uh-huh. it, it's not it's like your taint <laughs> no it just feels like in that pelvic area something is kind of opening up and it's not physically it's like it feels like this energy thing and i feel mm-hmm. like it, it can go up and through my hands it's really mm-hmm. weird it feels almost like static electricity mm-hmm. so I, I don't really even know what it is i've been able to do it since i was a kid um i think it's you know i don't know technically what it is but anyway you can do that but but let me ask you what what does it feel like is it energy generating does it feel like you're conjuring something does it feel like you're directing the energy when you do that i feel like it's sort of coming up through the base of my spine maybe and going out through my hands i don't know if it's Uh. generating or if it's coming from somewhere it's coming in through my butthole Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not, not just that was a joke but it feels like it's it doesn't feel like it's generate. I don't know. It doesn't, it just, I feel it in there and I feel it come up and it go out through my hands and I can push it. It's, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's really weird. It's really weird. So you use that, you use that to like direct your energy yeah, sort to, of, towards things yeah, you want. Almost like a magician going, Ooh, holding his mm-hmm. hands out. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, totally. Uh, which is probably where that comes from. Cause I'm sure, sure that's, you know, not an uncommon thing in different 
magic practices and, and well and in magic stuff. practices also there's you know sometimes there's an effect that is there to signify that something deeper is going on right. and and if you want the per like let's say you're not even just magic but let's say that you're trying to heal somebody and this person is ailing on whatever level on it let's say an emotional level spiritual level you know and when you get done you know you take your fingers and you dip them in this rubbing alcohol wipe their face and then flick your fingers into the flame in front of them and <laughs> these flames fly up you know right. and it could seem like a parlor trick but really it's what it is is a way to reduce the threshold of disbelief of the person who's well, being worked upon on some level so yeah, that they yeah. actually can say whoa something happened and then they're able to accept this and receive this medicine work this person is doing because they're not disbelieving and they don't have this wall up against this potentiality you know right right well, that, I think, you know, when we, I, I think when you get, you're going to explain this a lot better than me. My, my technique is really pretty weak, but it works. You know, it's, I've, it, it's always worked for me. So I've never really changed it. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think you have a lot more, you have a lot more technical knowledge on, on sorcery and magic and stuff like that. So you'll probably explain it better than me, but, um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> mine's always, <laughs> well, okay. But, uh, let me just finish. So you do that for a while. It could be however long. And, and then I, I say at the end, the very end, I say, this will manifest for me. Wait, this will manifest for me. Oh shit. Let me think a second. He says it just like that. He's all, this will man manifest for me. Ah, oh, shit. And that's it. That's the end of his prayer. <laughs> no, this will manifest for me in totally peaceful and harmonious ways for everyone involved. Uh, that's, that's a good sort one. of my amen thing to the end of it. And um, just because you want to make sure that, you know, you're not fucking anybody else's shit up and, and, and it's, and it's all for the good. And, um, and that's, that's how I end it. And, uh, and then the, the last thing that I, I want to mention is you have to be kind of, once it's over, you should try and be completely dispassionate about it and not care if it happens or not in a way, you know, you have mm -hmm. to like, let it go and go because you, part of what will work against you is grasping at something really wanting mm -hmm. it so bad that you're just like, ah, you've got all this. I want it. I don't have it. I want it. I want right, it. Right. Right. And, and that's, that's like the worst thing you can do because you're actually pushing it away because the whole principle of, I think of magic and visualization and stuff like that is that you're, whatever you're thinking about is manifesting in your life. You know, your life is sort of made up of your thoughts. So if you're right. visualizing or doing magic for something that you really want, that's a positive thing. If the rest of the time you're just, bitter and thinking about how miserable you are it's just like you're going to keep perpetuating that misery in your life you know yeah so. well and i think that that's important i think that's really it's important you brought that up because our common quote habitual thoughts have incredible power over what happens in our lives and that's just the reality you know i mean on one level you know our the, the intentionality that we focus into a situation like you're talking about where you're engaged in visualization, that's incredibly powerful because you're focusing your energy. But the rest of the time, if you're just going around, like Chet said, engaged in these habitual mantras that are, are you know, not garnering what it is you want, you're spending more time doing that than you are doing this little ritual. So, yeah, that, you know, the one's going to trump the other. You the know? perfect example is you uh, say me, for example, I've got um, a lot of debt I'm trying to pay off. And so, 
<clears throat> if I'm sitting doing my magic t- to try and get money to pay this debt off or whatever, if the rest of the time I'm sitting worried about all the debt, it's pro- I'm probably putting way more energy into the fact that I'm in debt. <laughs> you know, right, so it's exactly. like I'm telling myself, "You're in debt. You're in debt. You're in debt. You're in debt. You're in debt." Yeah, over yeah. and over. And then, one, and then once a day, you say, "I'm not in debt. I'm free." That was that was one other little tip too. Is when you're the, the way I do it is um, you the mantras can say. You say them as if you already have them, like I have this thing, rather than I want this thing, or I'm gonna have, the or I'm gonna have this. Now, right? yeah, yeah. So it's like there is no future and past. There's just this nowness we're all embroiled in. So if you're too busy being like, "Well, I'm gonna get this," well, right. gonna is out in this amorphous place called future. It's that there's right. no such thing as future. Yeah. So you have to imagine yourself presently having it, and you kind of change the language to "I have this thing," you know. So anyway, I, I think you should go on and talk about your techniques. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, you know, for me, when I really look back, I think that it all probably mm. all started. So <laughs> let me say this one last before you start, because I don't want to interrupt because I, no, you're fine. I, I just have to, I keep, I keep thinking of things I wanted to say. I was telling you this the other day when I set out to do the, the fine art, I, I worked very hard on visualizing that. That, right, uh, right. And, had a, and, a mantra and everything. Yeah, and it really did come true because what I asked for was, um, you know, I wanted success. I wanted to be successful and well-respected fine artist, and that has definitely come true. Now, and when what I told when I told him on the phone, I said, I said the thing you left out was wealthy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. So, but um, oh wait, there was one more thing. Shit, I was gonna don't say anything. Uh. Oh, oh man, I had a really good point. It was really important too. Um, the minute you stop trying to think of it, you'll think of it. Yeah, but I, don't, I just don't want to interrupt <laughs> you. Tell one of Mike's anecdotal stories, and then you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's what it <laughs> I is." I know that's the thing. I'm probably gonna have to interrupt you when it comes to me. It was an it important part of the whole well, process. Just interrupt me. I don't care. Okay, okay, go on. I get it. I I live my life being interrupted. Yeah. It, what is life more but a constant interruption? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for me, I guess it all started when I, like I said, when I think back, you know, definitely in my art, like for me, art has always been magic. Like when I do artwork, I'm putting energy into it. And I realized as a little kid, I wasn't doing it necessarily intentionally, but, but I was a, doing it nonetheless. That's what I was going to say. I think most artists, all artists really that are into it are doing that and don't art. In necessarily intentionally doing that though because sure. exactly. art, art really is magic in that sense that you have an idea and you're manifesting it physically yeah know? yeah yeah and there's ritual involved and mm-hmm. there's alchemy because you're taking one thing and transmuting it into right. another thing and so yeah so it's all of those elements so as a kid i didn't know it of course but when i look back i say okay well i was always kind of doing it because i started doing art as a very young young child and so but then I would say when I started focusing on doing it was like my teen years. And it, for me, it was because I wanted to do this thing called astral projection. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this thing, you know, because I'd heard about it and I'd read about it. And I was like, you get to leave your body and like go and do whatever 
you want to do? And since I'd had these like horrific nightmare experiences where I'd left my body a lot uh, without my own uh, choosing, as it were, um, it didn't seem that strange to think about leaving my body. Like that was like, oh, okay, I know that that happens, but how do I choose to do it? You know? So I started getting into this whole thing of like, I'm going to teach myself astral projection. And really all astral projection starts with is self-hypnosis. And all self-hypnosis is, is meditation, Mm -hmm. right? If we break it all the way down. So all I learned to do as like a 13, 12, 13 year old was to meditate. But meditation also is self-hypnosis. That's the same thing. They're in my world, they're interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think in all people's worlds, they're interchangeable. You're trying to get out of your rational, conscious, thinking, logical mind is the whole point. And and, And and get in the present moment and clear your mind, basically. So for me, when I look back, it was like, that's what all that was. And I would lay in bed. And what I would do is I would start out. And it's interesting you brought the orange juice, the orange filling the glass, because my technique was I I would visualize my my feet becoming tingly and like filled with like tingly energy almost like they were falling asleep and then it would work its way up to my head and then and as i was doing that i coupled it because i wanted to do this astral projection thing i coupled it with visualizing my room so as i'm becoming more my breathing is really rhythmic my eyes are closed i'm feeling this kind of tingly numbness overcoming me slowly working with my breath up my body you know and as i'm doing that i was starting to fill in the gaps in my room with my mind so I could build an image of my room in my mind. And at a given point in time, I was like, I've, you know, I'm there. I I see the whole thing as if my eyes are open. I'm totally numb. I'm not thinking about anything. It was just something to focus on. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get up, you know? And I set up and I was like, Oh God, all I did was just sit up. Like what, you know, that's stupid. Like it didn't work. You know, I was just like, I just sat up in bed, but then I looked at the foot of my bed, which is where the mirror was. And I couldn't see myself sitting up in the mirror. I could see my body. That is, such, that is such a classic astral projection move, you know, yeah, right? where, you, where you like stand up and go, oh man, I was just about to do it. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I'm in my astral body. Yeah. So that, you know, for me, and I won't go into any more of the story than that, but that was, I I guess, when I look back, kind of a hallmark thing for me, a moment where I was like, whoa, okay. You know, I can control my energy and engage in my energy in ways that are outside the, you know, dominant paradigm, the way that everyone thinks about it, you know, like that we're just this thing and that our energy and our physical form are totally bound and that they're always together. And if we're, you know, anything that happens other than that is just going on in our mind. And, And, you know, maybe it is, I don't know. But the point for me is my experience, my perceptual experience of it was of having left my body and then having things that occurred outside of me corroborate later me having been out of my body. And so, whoa, okay, so this Mm -hmm. is a trip. So for me, that was my first realization that it was all about channeling my energy. That's it. It was just all about how, you know, what the different states of energy and the way that you get there with your perception, ultimately, you know. And so it's same thing as you, I guess, was meditation. I was learning these, these forms of meditation. And then what I realized as I got into like my teenage years and into my college years, I was I started doing this thing I called intuitive magicianry. That's what I called it. <laughs> I didn't know what to call it. I had, you know, I wasn't following any specific set of beliefs. And I had studied a lot of different beliefs in a very, again, kind of cross-cultural <clears throat> manner where I was like, well, what, how do they do it in Australia? You know, how do they do it in pre-Hispanic Mexico? Mexico? How do they do it in Siberia? What's it like over in India? You know, mm-hmm. all these different things. So I had a little bit of an idea of how it had been done, but I never really felt like I could ascribe to a belief like, oh, I'm a this or I'm a that. Right. I don't really feel way. And so I was like, well, I do intuitive magicianry. That's what I do. And so what I would do is I would just take whatever spoke to me. So like I would go to chaos magic. Yeah, it is. Basically I would go into 
like Wonderland Herbs and Teas was this great store in Bellingham, Washington. And they had just weird stuff like, uh, you know, ingredients to do all kinds of weird, you know, mugwort and like, you know, uh, salvia divinorum and and uh, moonflower and beeswax, right. just all the weird stuff, you know. And I would go in there and I wouldn't, it wasn't like I was like, I'd studied the properties right. of these five You're just feeling it I would just go in there and feel it. Yeah, I'd walk around. And That's if, cool. And, and this is partly how it works for me. And this is kind of the engagement with, I guess, the universe or the greater force is that what I try to do is put myself in a space where I'm receptive to synchronicity, which is to say that I'm receptive to the signals and the signs, the agreements, the omens, the confirmations that are going on around me that are seemingly unimportant. So like, for instance, like, like yesterday, I was walking by my, my uh, Kiva that I'm building and I was in a deep conversation with Joy. And all of a sudden I look over and this confetti that she had shot out of a confetti cannon on New Year's Eve got caught up in a little whirling dervish and flew up in a little spiral. And then they all just just kind of dropped in a different place. Now you could have just looked at that and been like, Oh, that's cool. You know, but to me it was a confirmation of what had just been said. There's right. this thing going on outside of us and inside of us. And there's a conversation going on, whether we're aware of it or not. So I would go into like wonderland herbs and teas and I would just be like, okay, turn it on. Just be aware, be here, be now, you know, mm -hmm. check it out. What's up. And I would just start feeling, and then things would happen. Like you would bump into someone accidentally and then they would cause you to look in a way you wouldn't look and you see something you wouldn't normally see. Okay, well, shit, that, I must get that. That mm -hmm. must be the thing, you know? So that's how I would do it. And also similarly in my world, as I go around in my world, I pick things up. If I see something that catches my eye on the ground, I'm going to pick it up and then I'm going to feel it. And do, Should I bring this? And I'll ask it even. I'll be like, should I bring this with me or not? And not ask myself, but ask it, uh -huh. right? Like, you know, because sometimes there are things you shouldn't bring with you. There are things that have energy in them that you might as well just not have around you, right? right. So I'll ask the question, and it'll tell me. And I don't know how to dignify that. I can't say, oh, well, you know, I, it, it says, Mike, take me with you. <laughs> you know, it just, I feel a feeling about it. I, maybe I feel cold and prickly. Maybe I feel warm and fuzzy. Maybe I feel a little sick all of a sudden. Maybe something weird happens off to my left and it catches my attention. You know, whatever. These things are all kind of this silent communication that's going on because we're involved in all the things around us. There's really no boundaries between us and the things around us, even, you know, uh, uh, molecularly. And so, I'd go through my world and pick a bunch of crap up. And then what I end up with is this stuff. And I was like, well, I don't really want to make art out of it per se, like art that I'm going to like hang on a wall or sell. I'm not above that, but I, that wasn't really what it felt like I needed to do. I felt like I needed to do something ritual. So then it's the same thing, this, you know, intuitive magicianry I was calling it at the time where I would like just start to pick stuff up and I have this whole desk of stuff and I'd be like, well, that feels like it fits somehow. And this feels like it fits. And that feels like, you know, and next thing I know I'm making something and I'm not thinking about it. I'm not like, oh, well, you know, the razor blade signifies this or the, you know, sage, uh, leaves and, and the, the crow feathers signify this, you know, right, it's just right. like, it, what does it feel like? What does it feel like, you know, and how can I put it together and let it tell me what to do and kind of be interested in what it wants to say about it? Because you might try to put a stone in a certain spot on something five times and it won't go to that spot. Well, it shouldn't be there. I mean, it's telling you, you right. tried five times and it won't go there. Well, right, duh. Right. So if you learn that with your art, it, it'll, it speaks to you quickly and kind of seamlessly and fluidly. And so as I'm going through making these things, 
I'm also focusing, and so this is again where that that uh, what you were talking about the focus and the intent comes in, which is that if I'm making a ward, for instance, is what one of the things I like to make. Uh, like, let's say I'm a, you know, I feel like someone's threatening me. I feel threatened for whatever reason, and I just kind of want to ward that energy off, you know. And I, I don't want to do anything to anybody. I just don't really want that energy coming to me. What I'll do is, as I'm starting to intuitively feel these objects out and put them together in weird ways. I just, I'm putting my energy of like warding off negative energy into it. I'm just, and like Chet said with his hands, I have a similar thing with my solar plexus where like I can do, I'll do it right now. So here we go. And I can feel it. Like, <laughs> it goes all up through my chest and my neck and it comes up to where my eyes are and it's like a heat and it's tingly. And I can do this thing with my stomach and my eyes. So it's not any different than right. your butthole hands, you know? <laughs> and so as I'm creating, I'm kind of forcing my energy, but it's focused. It's like ward off negativity. I want peace here. I, I want all of that negativity to find its own space and attract to what it wants to attract to. And I'm not really spending any time thinking consciously about how am I putting this together? Does it look good? Does it make sense? I'm not thinking about what I did yesterday. And if I'm going to make a sandwich in an hour, I'm focusing on mm -hmm. warding off whatever that is or attracting whatever the thing is. So if I want something to come to me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to attract it. I'm going to make this tantalizing. It's going to be a hot little ward. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, then, and the universe is going to be like, yeah, yeah, what's up, baby? You know? <laughs> so the thing is, is that that's for me the process. And then what I realized over time, like you said, is that very much I was engaged in this thing that is called chaos magic, you know, and I had no idea that's what I was doing right. really. But it's just what I felt to do. Yeah, and yeah. so as time went on, that became something that has, for me, is really a, very much a mainstay of being able to engage in a ritualized process that has some kind of actual output that's physical in the world that generates either attraction or, you know, magnetizing things towards you or, or pushing things away from you and or even garnering neutrality. If that's what's going on, they can do anything. That's the beauty of it. It's amorphous. You know, right. it's this it's just this thing. It's a vessel. And that's what I always like to, you know, for me, it's like just taking a glass, like you said earlier, and pouring positivity into the glass. And it right. doesn't matter what the glass looks like. The idea is that I'm filling it with this energy that I have or I'm making an inert ward that someone else can then fill with their energy because right. I've made towards people where I was like, fill this up. So I guess, again, for me, very much it started as a physical process. But what I learned in the long term is that none of that shit matters. I mean, really, like I don't need to take a bunch of beeswax and some spinal bone and a piece of beetle wing and, you know, whatever, and mix it all together and make this thing and hang it from my window. I don't need to do that. Now, do I still do that? Sure, I do. But do I need to? No, because the actually what's happening is it's you're just for me, it's a matter of moving my energy and channeling my energy in a focused manner to achieve an unseen result, right? right? And so you don't need all the accoutrements. You don't necessarily need all of that. But there, if you like it, if you enjoy it, if it's fun, you're also getting that ritualized aspect, which is that pattern. And that's important. Right. Yeah. And that, that brings up a good point. Um, because really what I've taught, what I've learned is that or what I th what I think is true is that the, the the mechanism that's making it happen is, you know, you're calling it focused energy, but I think we've talked about this before too. It's belief. If yes. you you're, it's like your belief yep. is what makes it happen. Yep. So in ritualized magic, you're basically psyching yourself out 
to yep. believe in something. And, the, and you know, when you ritualize something and you go, okay, I'm putting this here and then I'm saying the word five times and spinning around and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it, it's signaling, it's giving importance to something, you know, and, and it's, and it's, you know, I, now I know uh, as a, when it comes to ceremonial magic, which Damien is a huge, he's like a ceremonial guy. He's like, all these symbols have been charged by magicians for thousands of years. And, and, and so they're even more powerful, even though he'll tell you it's all the same stuff as well. He's, he's a fan of ritual. Because like you just said, for him, it helps him to believe. Right, I mean, right, that, that's right. the thing. Whatever yeah, it, it, takes. it totally works for him. And, and that's probably, it's, I'm sure it's suited to his personality. And for True. people like maybe you and I, who aren't as disciplined when it comes to that, I think the more chaos magic angle is probably more appealing and um, just to tell people what chaos magic is, like, because I, it's funny, I somehow came across a book called Chaos Magic, and I remember seeing it. This is probably in the late 80s and like going, ooh, that sounds scary. That was, it, that was sounds, when it was really getting hot was the late 80s. Yeah, it sounds evil. I don't know about <laughs> this. And I didn't really read up on it. But all it is basically is is going on the on the idea yeah. that magic is based on what you believe in, how you focus your energy. and you can just there's a there's another kind of power in making your own rituals up so you can uh make up gods you know you can make up anything you can make up your own rituals that can be you know well, yeah you can, it's like me i have my whole life i automatically had these altars that i would make all over my house mm -hmm. and here's the thing about it was that i would automatically any of the things i picked up along the way they had immediately when i got home had to go to a specific altar and i would just feel it and I, they had to go in the altar and then they had to be there for a period of time and then they would go from that to glass jars on a shelf mixed with other stuff that was of similar energy and there was this whole it's this whole weird ritualized process but it's not dignified by anything externally <laughs> yeah yeah it's more of an intuitive thing you know it's, yeah. it's and and, and I, I can totally dig that and and i really feel like you know i've done a few i, I i've done a few rituals you know maybe in the 90s I, i'll say i did one and and we for a job because i was trying to get a job in for the shop i worked at and we definitely we got this big job right after and it did seem to work, but I made it up. I didn't know shit. Yeah. You know, I made, drew a circle on the ground and da 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 da. And um, for some people, that works because if they can believe in themselves and they can believe in the power uh, of something greater than them, then making it up can work. But for some people, it doesn't work at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. some people, they, the only way to believe again is if you if is if the practitioner dips their fingers in rubbing alcohol, wipes your face, right. and flicks it on flames. You know, because right. oh my god, they fucking the flames <laughs> out their fingers, dude. I totally believe them. Right, I, you know, right. and that's again, there is incredible power in that. So you know, it, again, potato, potato. One thing works for one person, not for another. So like you said, for you, making up a ritual works for me too, but not for everybody. Some yeah. people need. That, you know, that really that basis of like, well, this has been done. People right. have done this. It, it works this way. So I can believe that. Even you within, know? you know, the cer ceremonial magic, there's, you know, you there's, there's invocations of where you're getting uh, spirits or even demons to do your work for you. You mm -hmm. you conjure a demon and you tell and you find the demon so it can't do anything to you. And then you set it on its way and it goes out and it creates this thing. It's the same thing. It's the same, same thing. It's basically focusing your mind, getting your mind to believe that this result is going to happen, which is what ultimately yep. creates it. And, um, it, but it, you know, it, it isn't, there, there's a, it's weird though, because there is 
kind of more to it because, you know, you can do stuff like that and then have weird energies around your house and have guys peeking around the corner at you, you know, thought form things that you've created. And, and there, and there is kind of that danger in it, but I would say that, um, it really is more about, I think the, the, how clear you are as a being, how, how your energy is as a being, you know, I, sure. I would say tell people not to be afraid of it because I know people automatically are afraid of it. Oh, what if it's a monkey's paw situation where I get the thing I want, but it's because so-and-so died and I got insurance yeah, money yeah. or whatever. I think it's more, I, I think the, you know, it's, it's more about how pure you are, which is really what, you know, ultimately what the goal of magic, when you look at, especially the ceremonial stuff is it's about <clears throat> purifying yourself spiritually and becoming like the most spiritual being you can be. That's the ultimate goal. It's not getting a car right. or getting your money or right. getting your bills paid. It's about spiritual growth. That's the yeah. ultimate goal of a magician in the long, in, ultimately. And um, <clears throat> so I think, I, I think that people should not be, you know, all the, most of the fears are based on, you know, religious stuff. And I think most of it's generally bullshit. And, but I would, one thing I wanted to say is, you know, there's some people I'm sure are going to be listening to this and just are like, this is all, all total bullshit. Sure. You know, they're they're like atheists and that's it. But, um, I would suggest anybody that feels that way, just try, try one, try it once, try it once and see if it works. And Mm -hmm. what, you know, you have to choose how you're going to do it. You could, you know, the easiest thing is to go and read a book and follow the directions and do it exact, do it exactly the way it said it said and see if you get the result. And if you don't, then, you know, you can the thing is you're going to be fighting that belief that you don't think it can happen in the first place, which is, you know, going to, going to be something that's going to be kind of a barrier, but the idea of magic ritual really is to get your mind to believe something that's kind of impossible anyway. So, so hopefully, you know, if you try it and and try it and see if it works, that's the ultimate thing that I would say. And that, that. and that, that's the ultimate thing for anything. I mean, in life, you know what I mean? But I, I like a lot of scientific things. You don't have to go and test because the scientific theory has been proven. And that's, well, some people don't, I mean, I, I do that kind of stuff, (laughs) stuff. (laughs) but actually it's interesting. You said the word science, because I was actually going to bring up science here. And I think it's important to note, you know, one of the really interesting things that's happened here over the past, I guess, really just kind of 25 years is that quantum physics and the study in quantum physics has really ultimately come to all of the same conclusions that all the religions have, have come to, to kind of, again time immemorial yeah, which is the stuff yeah. we're talking about and that the basic notion that you know to get it across kind of to a layperson of which i am one um i'm not a, a quantum physicist by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> but i've read a lot of ed Witten, and i've you know i mean i i'm familiar with some of the writers that are not just the obvious like stephen hawkins writers right, you know right. um and the thing is is that ultimately in a nutshell what what's being discovered insofar as all that's concerned is that of course we're made of molecules which are you know these little balls of energy that are vibrating and they're close to one another and close enough to us that they appear solid but then in fact you know we're all kind of real loose but they're they're vibrating and they create density and they follow very specific newtonian rules right like the apple falls from the tree type right. shit right 
but that those things are made of a subatomic particles and those subatomic particles are actually behaving in totally aberrant and bizarre ways and they're ex exhibiting characteristics that are seemingly impossible that are paradoxical which is to say that they can be in two places at once mm -hmm. they can be a, a waveform and they can also be you know a, a particle, particle form simultaneously <laughs> These are things that we always believe by physical law would be impossible. And what they're also coming to find is, is that the observer, which is us, is very much involved in the outcome, which is to say that we are actually engaged in the things that make everything up moving and changing by way of our perception, our thought, our belief, right. you know, our sensorial data that we're collecting about them and how we interpret that through the filter that, that is the brain. So I guess the long story short is what they're coming up with is, is that our thoughts actually affect the physical material of the world, mm -hmm. right? Which is to say that if you think about something, and, and here's kind of the law of attraction, which again is another, if, you know, if physics law is that, you know, what you think about is more likely to occur. And so, you know, if if you're out there thinking about a bunch of bad shit, it's, you're really just basically setting into, even physically, you're setting into motion the potentiality of that being greater. Right. And if you're thinking and focusing your energy on positive thing happening, similarly, are, are actually setting physical physical chains into motion. And so it's, you know, I think it's an important thing to realize that a lot of this could sound very airy-fairy, and you can hang it on religion, you can hang it on spiritualism, you know, you can talk about all that stuff, but the reality is, is that even science, the religion of science, is, is already coming now to very similar conclusions that these religions have been talking about all along. And so that can legitimize it for some people out there that are mm -hmm. rightly atheists. They're like, I don't believe in... The universe, you know what I mean? Right. Fuck that shit. That's fine. You don't have to, but you probably believe in science. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, for for me, I've you know, <clears throat> I've done I've done it enough and got results to where I I know it works. You know, yourself, yeah, right? yeah. And then you can believe in it more, and the more you can believe right. in it, the better it works. Yeah, yeah. right. So, but that that's you know that 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 brings me to another point I wanted to talk about, and that is the the you know taking the devil's advocate side uh of of um isn't that is that the right term being the devil's advocate yeah absolutely yeah, yeah sorry <laughs> i'm just spacing out um because i th i have this internal battle myself with magic and stuff and, and that is like okay okay so this stuff is true right um uh how about uh mm, let's see raising okay raising someone from the dead or uh let's see uh you know what about not being able to walk and m making yourself walk through magic or you know making just impossible things things that, that are totally impossible it's like well it it doesn't work on stuff that isn't really possible kind of you know, like, uh, it doesn't. And, and I agree and, with wait, you. Wait, and, agree and, with yeah. And the big point and the big one is, okay. So you're going to tell this to some starving kid in Africa, you know, right. visualize your way out of that when yeah. there's no reason, you know what I mean? And, and it's totally, so it's, 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 it's dicey in that way. And, and I, and I also, you know, the, the big thing for me as well is I've always been very much into Zen philosophy and, um, um uh just kind of the idea that the the energy of the universe or god or whatever i call it, i say god because i don't give a shit and i yeah, I, I, have, a god I got guy. yeah i got no problem with the word god because i wasn't raised 
to believe in an asshole God. But, um, you know, the energy, <laughs> my idea or my belief is that you, uh, you surrender yourself to the energy of God. Sure. And that is the thing that's, that's where the wisdom is. That's, that's going to take you in the right directions. Whereas if you're trying to force everything all the time, that's your ego enforcing, blah, sure. blah, blah, trying to push things. But and, I mean, uh, and, wait, let, 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 let me finish. And so, um, how much, you know, are, are you going, <laughs> are you going with the flow by making things happen? Is that not just your ego as well, trying to enforce its will? Or is that your higher self enforcing a thing and if it's it's there's a lot of weird things about it that the don't chicken and egg stuff going on yeah there. yeah like well maybe the reason that i felt motivated to do this ritual was because this thing was about to happen so i did the ritual but i didn't need to because the thing was going to happen anyway <laughs> right yeah right? yeah that I mean, so, yeah, or, 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 or stuff, another yeah. another one is um you know that that's one thing about the secret which i think anyone who hasn't seen the secret it's so cheesy it's almost unwatchable but you should watch it if you're interested in this stuff because the it's principles on, are right it's on netflix and i think the basic principles are right i think even a lot of the stuff they say is kind of bullshit but the basic general principles are are true and it's the it's the basis of magic so i would say just watch it and get past the, the cheese factor but um and open stay open to the the basic teachings but um you know, the idea that you're all, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, a, you're, you know, you're always creating your reality, right? That's one of the law of attraction. Your thoughts are creating your reality all, all the time. Percep perception much. dictates reality. That's, right. that's the fun. One of the fundamental laws is in that law. Yeah. One of the fundamental precepts is that perception dictates reality. Right. So what about, you know, someone you love getting sick and dying? You, did you bring that into your life? You know, or what about something bad happening to you? Some guy comes and hits you in your car. Did you you cause that? Right, you caused right. every bad thing in your life because that's one of, that's <laughs> right. one thing they say in the secret. That I thought was total bullshit. Is that basically you have to take responsibility for everything in your life? So Stan is res responsible for you know having cerebral palsy. You know that's right. a tough pill to swallow. Sure, and, and sure. You know, especially when you're you know kids being born certain ways. It, it, it's just it's very it's kind of uh, you know, it's, it's the, well, let, let, let me, let me dive into a little bit of that because I think you bring up a lot of really good points and there's probably not enough time to really dive into all of it, but I, I will start with the most current thing you just said and work our way backwards so that we don't lose people. You know, one of the, one of the, I know ideologies that exists to deal with what you were just talking about. Like for instance, people being born a certain way, like they have major disabilities, like, you know, cerebral palsy or, or encephalitis or, you know, these, these really difficult things. Um, one of the, the, I know that one of the ways that people have thought about that, and this is kind of the roomy thing, it's an Eastern kind of a Persian thing. Mm -hmm. And that is that each spirit that is embodies uh, a human and is incarnate for a period of a lifetime agrees in advance to the hardships they are going to face on a spiritual level, let's say on an energetic yeah, yeah. level, that they agree to these things because that is what their spirit needs to go through the process of alchemy and go from one plane to another plane. And it needs to go through these things. It needs to experience these hardships in yeah, order that's, to that's evolve. That's easy now, for Rumi to say. I'm not saying, <laughs> well, sure. Because he doesn't I'm not have saying, it. You, the point that I'm making, the point that I'm making is, is that 
that is one of the ways in which right. people have have dealt with that notion, which is that, you know, and, and even within themselves, because I've known a lot of people that have gone through incredible trauma in their life. And they still believe that despite the trauma they've gone through, they do fundamentally believe that they agreed to this before this all happened on some level, you know, and that they are responsible and complicit in that. So there are people that are facing incredible hardships that are able to adopt that perception. So I, I guess I'm just, I'm bringing that into the conversation hey. because it is one of many different responses to that notion. Your, your vote, your volume, your, are you doing anything on the internet? Cause it's like really, your, your voice is really choppy and, weird robotic no i wasn't doing anything hmm. on the internet oh it's his poor network connection do i sound normal now no you sound like you're underwater on your side oh yeah it says on my side does it say it on your side poor network connection uh-uh my side looks normal hmm that's weird wow well, that is weird i guess we should just... no mine just says everything is green it says good huh Maybe it's something here. Um, all right. Anyway, sorry. I guess we just keep going. How can you, can you hear me now? Yeah, I, I mean, funny? I can hear you. It's it's just difficult. You're kind of breaking up there for a while. Sorry. What a, what a buzzkill that was. <laughs> How long did it go on for? Oh, oh, you're good now. You're good. You're good now. Okay. It wasn't. Well, where long. was it? Where was I when it started? <laughs> no, it was good. I, you can, you'll be able to be understood. I just didn't want to go through the whole rest of the episode. That oh, okay. Way. I gotcha. Well, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because again, there's a lot of different answers I know, that now, and whether I, they're fabricated, whether yeah, they're that's hard the thing. to swallow or that's, not. Yeah, I'm that, that's, to me, that's not enough. To me, it sounds like rationalization. And I, and I've, I've thought of that before for sure. And well, I, and I'm not I saying that, I necessarily yeah, I know, ascribe I know, I know, you, I know, I know. I know. I totally get it. It exists in the milieu of, of right. responses to that notion. You so, know? Yeah, but yeah. the other and thing I wanted to mention, though, because I'm working back to the, through the things that your devil's advocate brought up. One of the other things that I wanted to mention is like, you know, it's I don't th I think that what we see more than anything in life, you know, the truth is self-evident and consistent over time. Right. The Jesus quote that I always bring up. And, and the thing is, is that it is. And, and that's why you say, well, if you, you know, you see it, then, you know, if it works, if you try magic and it works, well, then it, it works. Right? right and you know like just like you well i'm gonna paint monsters and it's not gonna work but if it does it's it, it works the joseph campbell thing's right. legit you know <laughs> the whole point is is that we, we're testing these things out you know and so i think that mm, when i remember the thing oh my god he's so, gonna buzz kill me again all right what's the thing <laughs> the thing is you also when you have this goal this is super important one of the probably one of the most important parts of it you have the goal. You also need to physically do all the work to make it happen. You can't just rely on the magic. No. Because that is not showing. The work is part of the magic. Yeah. Not, yeah. The magic isn't separate you have, from the work you have to do. <laughs> you have to be willing to do the work to make it happen. You have to take the opportunities yes. as they come. So exactly. it's not like you can just sit there and go, oh, it's, 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 it's well, not, that's why it's I not an attitude pay attention of, to the signs, you know, yeah, because like you, there might be an opportunity that you would pass up if you weren't really paying attention to like, this seems to jive in a way that doesn't seem, you know, seems different and special. I better right. go after this. You right. Know? right. I, th I, you know, there's, some, I think there's something to do with the idea that you have to really have that, um, you know, the, uh, uh, a willingness to work towards something and not just be a lazy bastard and sit there and be like, okay, you deliver to me. It's that's very much, 
you know, that's all ego. It's not the magician's and, way, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so I see, I see magic in that sense as a, as a, a, a like a, um, a, an enhancement of your regular work. You know, sure. like you're doing all the sure. physical things because that's a form of magic as well. Physically getting what you want, physically yeah. starting a business, that's creating something from an idea and focusing on it. That is like magic as well. So I, so anyway, that was the thing. I'm okay. sorry. That's sorry, the thing. sorry. Yes. That's so I all I was, all I was trying to say in there is that, you know, if we look around us to see what is real based on what is consistent over time, right? What we see is that the, the happiest, the best, the, the most balanced that it can be, the better things are, right? When, when you have an, a, a balanced uh, habitat and a ha- balanced ecosystem, the creatures that live there, they, they live well, right? right? When I have a balanced personal life, you know, then, and a balanced work life, well, then I do better, right? Mm-hmm. And so balance is what it's all about. And when you start talking about these polar extremes where you say, you know, well, it's all one or the other. It's like, is it all that I should just surrender entirely to uh, the universe yeah. or God or whatever great spirit and just go with it? Or should I force, 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 force? What I would say is, well, what is, what does everything around us tell us? Balance, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. You got to know when to hold on. You got to know when to let go, right. you know, and maybe that's a big part of the clarity factor, the purifying factor as you said, is to get yourself into a space where you can hear that call and you know that, God damn, right now I need to force right. this and get on this and manipulate this and focus, focus my energy. Or right now what I need to do is let go right. and just yeah. roll with it, path of least resistance. And so I guess what I'm saying to answer that question for myself anyway is that there is a balancing act and that it is never, nothing should ever be fully in a polar extreme to the exclusion of all other things you know right. what i mean yeah, yeah it needs to be balanced and I so agree with that i would address it that way and the last thing which was the first thing that you brought <laughs> up was the the possibility of let's say walking on water or raising the dead you know the, the, again more Floating jesus or, stuff, yeah. more jesus <laughs> stuff here um the thing is is that yeah i agree with you it isn't it, it isn't quote uh, uh, plausible. And albeit, I do believe that it's possible. And the reason that I say that is because, again, if what we're talking about is belief, right, then if a person could believe 100% that they could do this thing, I'm sure they could do it. But no but one can believe 100%. Crazy oh, let people. No, crazy. No, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. You, <laughs> let, you, I let you finish. You got to let me finish. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So the point that I'm making is this. In this world, there are multiple kinds of belief. It's not like there's just one kind of belief. We have personal individual belief, and then there is the belief of the masses. There's mass belief, mass perception, right? Individual perception, sure, it dictates my individual reality, but it is absolutely 100% informed by mass perception. There's no way around it. We are raised by human beings that have been raised by human beings that have been raised by human beings that have been raised by human beings, right? So you're coming into this learning all of the language, all of the belief structures of what's possible, what's impossible, what's feasible, what's unfeasible. All of that stuff is so bedrock in our neural pathways and so indoctrinated into us at such a young age that to be able to step outside of that and actually do believe that something totally impossible, so completely impossible that 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 it's beyond even like anything other than a fairy tale is possible and be able to then execute it is so infinitesimal under the weight of all of this 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 mass perception right. and this belief it's too much to get around but with that said 
I myself have experienced numerous things that were impossible and it wasn't because I intended to do it. And it's not because I'm a special sorcery guy. It's because it was under life and death circumstances. It was extreme duress. And so in those circumstances, I didn't have time to think about, is it possible or isn't it possible? Fuck that. I was going to die. Right. Right. So, okay, I'm going to just do, I'm just going to, the thing's going to happen. And so I guess what I'm saying in a nutshell is that, I do believe that there are things that are so implausible because the the ability to actually believe it as a a hundred percent possibility is is just something you can't achieve. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you going to wrap your head around walking? I mean, I I can no matter how high I get on any psychedelic, I'm never going to be able to believe I can walk on water. No matter how meditative I am, I'm never going to believe it. I can't believe. Don't know how to believe that. There's no way to believe that for me now. But if someone could, could they? I do believe they could. Yes. Well, I will tell you, I will say in response to that, there are tons of schizophrenic or people like, we'll just say crazy for the sake of argument, that believe all kinds of shit fully because their, you know, chemistry is all fucked up and um, their belief isn't manifesting their thing. And they probably think for them. Yeah, but it's not physically manifesting the thing. Magic is not just about making a thing that's you know how do you uh, know it's not physically manifesting well okay and yeah okay that's okay, what i'm that, saying well that okay that that that's you know that's getting kind of out there but you know that's i i've well, this conversation is out there you, you wanted to go to the fringe and you know if you go to the fringe with me i'm gonna be there with you <laughs> I, I I see it as that my only thing that makes sense to me as far as the uh, the paradox uh, of of all the stuff we've been talking about is that because I you know me I'm like science science pragmatist well no science there are laws of science that kind of can't be broken but they can be bent until you it's find like the, a new law that breaks it i mean newtonian law finish, said that it wasn't finish. possible for quantum physics to exist yeah yeah right but i'm just saying you know no one's been able to do a ton of things that you just can't do because and i i don't believe it's because mass perception as much as there is you know there is a uh there is an order to reality there is an order there full an of order. mathematical laws to reality and they could probably be bent you know and that's kind of what magic is really sort of bending that it's like the matrix you can bend it you can bend the rules but you can't fully break the rules necessarily because there are these things that are sort of bigger. but then they showed you in the matrix that you could totally break the rules yeah that's true <laughs> that's true but i mean See, i know what you're saying i totally know what yeah, you're saying i think that. it's a way more manageable way for people to think about it i mean really like when it comes to like okay accessibility what do we want to do right here really with this with this podcast episode sure we want to dabble into the philosophy of it but what we want to do is make accessible for people things that they can do right and it is much easier to believe that you can bend the mathematical physical laws to achieve things that are slightly off scale as opposed to totally break them. And so, yeah, that's, that's fine. It's fine to go that way. I think that you can, you can go farther than that. Sure. But that's, that's kind of impertinent because what's important is that people learn how to bend. You're not going to break anything until you learn to bend it first. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, 
That's a pretty good. It's a great conversation. I mean, yeah. I love this conversation. I have this conversation pretty much every morning with my significant other. And I have this conversation with you at least like what, once a month. Yeah, yeah. And I probably have had this conversation. It'll probably be the conversation I'll be having for the rest of my life, you know, <laughs> because there is no answer. And that's the beauty. I mean, that's, let's get back to what this magic thing's all about. It's about the mystery. It's about the part we can't describe. It's about the fact that Chet has energy that comes up through his taint and comes out his hands. And the fact that <laughs> I push it from my stomach up to my eyeballs. We don't know how to describe it. It's paradoxical, right? It's impossible. We're doing this thing that there's no description for that sounds kind of like cheesy, but it's a real thing and we know it's happening. And so that's the exciting. That's the fun part. The mm -hmm. beauty is the mystery and the magic. And the, I don't really know. I can't put words to how it is that I'm able to make a ward and have it manifest or have it yeah, do yeah, whatever it is. But it does. Mm -hmm. It does. And that's the beauty. That's the yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, I'm I'm embarking on a big project, magically speaking, this year. And so I will let everybody know at the end of the year if it worked or not. But one thing I wanted I wanted to say is something that I think is is a cool experiment that that um someone should do. I'm not gonna do it because I, I would I would be part of it, but I I'm not I just don't have the time to do it. But I think it'd be really cool if someone set up excuse me, uh, a Facebook, a Facebook group, a, a closed group <clears throat> with a small group of trusted people and all agreed that they are going to try and manifest something that would sort of prove to everybody. Cause I think that's the, if you haven't done it before, you, that's what you need is you need proof really to get, get the ball rolling. So to manifest something that is a tangible thing that everyone could agree. If this thing, if this thing happened or appeared, then we could all agree. And something, you know, that oh, totally. is easy to believe, but still weird enough to where you'd go, whoa, you know? And that, so that would be kind of cool if every, if someone made a group and just yeah, kind yeah. of like said, okay, and then just someone organized it, someone, you know, fig figured out we're going to meditate on this every day at this time together right. on right. our own. But, you know, we're, we're all, you're all committed to each other to do it at this time because, you know, the I think the belief of, a large amount of people is probably it's stronger for sure than a. Um, oh yeah, yeah. A ma mass belief is stronger than individual belief, mm -hmm. right? Like I said earlier. I just and it works on that level too. Right. That's the thing, and it does because you can re you can, you know, when people uh, here's another, I'll give you another Jesus quote: two is squared, the power of one. Right. When you take two perceptions and they both believe the same thing, you create a special consensus. And when you add two more, you have four, and it's even more powerful. Right. When you add two more, you got six. That's why they called witches' covens and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, we're talking about old, old stuff, you know, same thing with this manifestation. Take it to the law of three, thought, word, action. If you think about it, you're going to say it. If you say it, you're going to do it. That's that. That's the work, right? But that's still the magic. It ain't no different, yeah. you know? I mean, it really isn't. And it, it's fascinating. And so that's the thing. I agree with you. That would be a fun, well, that's a fun exercise. You know, you're about to get a, to a story in my podcast, Emails from Infinity, that has something that's talking exactly about what you're talking about between me and another person. And it happened in a totally like normal work environment oh, cool. in front of like multiple witnesses. And you're going to love it, dude, oh, because yeah, it's exactly yeah. what you're talking about this girl didn't believe me either. She was like, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, pick something. And she picked it and we did it, dude. It's super right, cool. Cool. It's a good story. I'm excited for you to hear that. I think that's on the next episode. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I did it on a movie set because I, uh, with the, my, the crew we were working with and we all visualized a blue feather and, and it yeah, did, that's such a cool story. It did manifest within about three, three weeks of, of everyone kind of, every once in a while I'd say, okay, everyone think of the blue feather, you know, and, and it was like seven people or something and it, and it, and it did, 
manifest eventually. But well, and it did lead you to something even more exciting and interesting than even that. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, uh, but but the thing about social media, it's the first time ever that it's 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 the environment for something like that to happen. Some kind of group to do an experiment like that. I mean, a little group for magic experiments, I think, would be killer. You know, yeah, yeah. as long as everyone knew and trusted each other to some degree, because thing. one That's person could be in there fucking it up or not, it. not yeah, pulling totally. their weight or thinking the opposite yeah. to try and mess with everyone or you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. Like you get someone in there who's totally a hater and they're like, I'm going to make this, I'm going to break it, you know, right. I'm gonna make it not well, you know, before we get too far off subject, I wanted to mention two more things just as resources to people and also as an answer to one of your, well, not really your quandary, but just kind of if it's in line there. You know, you have very much a decided kind of Eastern tradition about you, you know, and I like a lot of Eastern traditions and I incorporate them into my practices. Um, but I certainly come from more of a Western, more European perspective, Celtic, you know, right. kind of perspective, um, which is fine. But the thing that's interesting to me is like one of the authors that Joy turned me on is Deepak Chopra, and he is a great bridge between those two worlds, in my opinion. Yeah, like if is, you were to read, you know, like he has the uh, like really stuff. great seven spiritual laws of success, some of that kind of stuff. It's really good because he is taking and, and nestling together those two notions of, you know, there's a time to control and there's a time to do your magic and there's a time to bury that seed. And then there's a time to let that seed stay buried and not dig it up and see if it's growing. And then, right. and that's that balance between grasping and letting go and grasping and letting go. And there's a lot of that also in the Rumi literature and the Persian perspective as well. So, you know, that's a good angle. Also, what, what's the name of the guy, the chaos? magic guy is a grant morrison isn't yeah. that his name uh yeah the comic guy the comic book yeah writer. yeah yeah isn't yeah. that his name mm -hmm. yeah yeah he, you know, if you guys ever get a chance look him up on youtube he has a little short youtube video about sigil work and it's super easy and it's another one you guys yeah. can try out in line with what chet's talking about yeah sigil, could, sigil work is cool sigil too. Work's super fun because it's creative but it also is a way to really uh focus your manifestation utilizing this chaos magic notion and get results and then be able to say well hey look i got results and as a, i mean as, you know you oh as a as a caveat i would say make sure and purify yourself before doing that too because he doesn't mention anything about that getting your head straight no, a lot of people don't do that. I mean, that's even the Castaneda thing. The, the word they use for it is impeccability. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, what they call it is walking a path with heart, which is the same thing as purifying yourself. You know, make sure that your intentions are straight. Make sure you get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, make sure you're not muddled by a bunch of ego tendencies when you try to do spiritual work. It's foolish and right. you'll get bad effects from it. <laughs> you will not like it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Chet's right. But still, you know, if you, if people, because I want to give them a little bit of resource, they can kind of get an idea. Well, I'm curious about this or I'm curious about that those are a couple like easy directions to go right. you know where you can and if you're a little bit more of like a, a traditional kind of christian christian perspective read some eckhart toll you know that guy right. rocks at multiple angles yeah he's great he's great yeah there's ton, there's tons and tons of there's resources so much. There's, yeah, there's, there's tons prophecy's of prophecies great there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good there's stuff a lot yeah there. books and just stuff online and um uh facebook groups i'm in a bunch of magic groups although it's i'm in this one chaos magic group and it's so disheartening to, there's so many assholes in there that just trolling that's what, that's what joy was saying too that she shit got and just really like offended by that someone asks a question and they obviously don't know anything about it and they're trying to learn and then a bunch of just people just pile on a bunch of bullshit and it's it's really disappointing but um that's what happens when you get large groups of people together i suppose of, of any stripe but 
Anyway. Well, especially in an environment where, you know, you don't actually have to be sitting around face to face and no one's being held accountable. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, the ultimate unaccountability zone. <laughs> right, right. So, okay, let's wrap it up then, unless you have any more to add. I'm pretty, I feel no, pretty I mean, good about that. I could, you know me, I could talk for hours about it, but I, I want to add one anecdotal story. And that is that when I first met Chet, I gave him a ward and he did not, he'd never met me. He didn't know me. And I, and that was the, the, the paradise artist retreat. And I walked up to him and was like, Hey, I made this for you, you know, and I gave it to him. And, uh, so our first engagement was me giving him this ward and it still hangs in his studio. And from time to time, Chet has, has been like, I wonder if you did something to me with that. <laughs> Cause that was like the first time we met, but uh, I actually also made him a, a award for pain at one point in time too, to try to help you with that shoulder pain. You remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. The one my dog ate. And then your dog ate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the remnants of that around, but yeah, my shoulder pain's gone. So there. <laughs> well thank you guys for listening and tuning in and letting us ramble on in our you know philosophical banter and also our, our ideas about this notion of focused energy intent will magic god all of the you know the hot words and the, the, the you know the heavy duty loaded stuff so yes. we hope you guys have enjoyed it and that you found something useful out of it that you can co-opt in such a way as to manifest positive things in your own life and the, the lives of your loved ones yeah, there's never been a better time to try it out, I think, because things are so, seem so dire. So it's, it's a good time, to, I think, to disengage, disengage from all the negativity and try and. Uh, well, everyone knows, man, that it's real. I mean, Jesus, you just had me watching this documentary called The Toys That Made Us. And what's the whole thing behind that is that what did they want? They wanted to give kids toys that were visualization techniques. I mean, that's what it is, right? That's what they talk about in the show. Like, so they could imagine themselves being someone as an adult that's different than who they are as a kid. What is that? But right. manifestation, they're like, I could picture myself as this adult character, you know? Well, so there's, again, setting in, setting in motion the creative manifestation and visualization to achieve the potentiality of being um, yeah. anything. Well, that's, a, that's one of the things Grant Morrison talks about in that video, too, is that... Um, all the corporate logos are sigil magic you know oh, yeah. they are it really is kind of pervasive it's everywhere it's just you don't think of it that way well whether you know it or not i mean let's get down to brass tacks right the word spelling it, it you know when you're spelling words well it's made up of the word spell that's right. the root word in their spell <laughs> so uh, yeah that's, yeah, it's, that's it's, another it's thing interwoven with, into everything we do everything yeah, yeah. there's that yeah there's a really good one of uh uh, what's the uh, Alan Moore because he became a Alan Moore's great. Yeah, there's a good documentary. Um, the documentary is not great, but it's just him talking, and that's great. And he talks and about I that. that together. Yeah, that's a great one. Amen. There's a lot of resources. Anyway, we'll probably revisit this again because I'm sure we left stuff out, and it's a there'll be a part two as yeah, usual. <laughs> big topic there. So anyway, I it's, wanted to give a thank you to everybody who supported my sales over the holidays. It was really great. Um, definitely uh, saved me and from myself so uh <laughs> no it just really helped out with my my bill money and stuff and i and i really 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 appreciate the support and i i could i, I realized i could not do it no matter how good of an artist i was i could not um, live this life and create this artwork without the support of everybody out there so it's greatly appreciated and that's one, of the, one of the things i always give gratitude for when i'm giving my gratitude before i do my visualizations is all the support i get from the community yeah. so. well i'm really glad that all those people bought your art too because then you were able to save me help me save myself for myself so that's true you know thank you everybody <laughs> for buying chet's art because chet helped me save myself for myself too so. <laughs> yeah, it, it trickles down yeah right right 
So anyway, thank you. Thank you for listening, and um, we'll talk to you next time. Catch you guys next Wednesday. All right. Goodbye. Peace.